Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's fucking burn days. Burn days. Burn days we didn't get a break. Come on, Get a drink. Come Hello and welcome to another edition of the Roker Report podcast uh, in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. Uh, I'm Bomber, again, second week in a row, and I'm joined today by my mate Malk to discuss a nil-nil draw. Firstly, Malk, how are you doing this afternoon? How are you feeling immediately after the game? Afternoon, Bomber. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm well and I hope you are too. Mixed feelings. It, it was a game where we probably should have won it but didn't quite have the quality to do that. But it wasn't a loss. Somebody just stuck a message on, on one of our chat groups saying, unbeaten in four now or something like that. I'm like, mm, okay. Talk about putting a positive spin one, on one it. One defeat in five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so. that's, that's the thing, isn't it, with, with runs and results, is you can spin them. Yeah, it, it was, um for me, it was a bit of a, a funny one. It was a bit bittersweet one, because as I said to you off air, I think that's probably the best we've played in a long while. And yet we've not really got anything to show for it, albeit a point. But it would be one that we were expecting three. So, yeah, we'll 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 go into it. There wasn't that much to change from the Wigan game. The only change to the starting lineup itself was Elliot Embleton dropped out, and uh, and we saw the the return of Nathan Broadhead. Bench wise, uh, Diaku and Defoe dropped out of the squad completely, and Callum Dore was recalled back to the bench. And then obviously that other bench spot was made up by Elliot Embleton. Uh, so, firstly, Malk. Uh, Nathan Broadhead coming back. I was surprised to have seen him start the match. I was expecting him to maybe be on the bench. I was expecting him to be maybe get 20 minutes or so. But yeah, started and played pretty much the whole game. How much of a of a boost is that going to be for us? And how much of a boost was it for us? I think it was a great, great bit of positive news. Again, you know, talking on the, on the Sunderland WhatsApp groups earlier on, people were wondering, well, he's only a young lad. Why didn't he get a bounce through the 23s on Tuesday just to test him out a little bit and stuff like that. But yeah, he did well. I think he played about 70 minutes in the end, 70 mm. something minutes. Like like the rest of the team, he struggled to get his shots away because I don't think Charlton were particularly interested in winning that game at all. I think they, they came to their own home ground to get a point. And if they managed to you know, spawn anything better than that, then um, I think they would have been obviously very, very happy. Yeah. But, you know, it's great to get him back. He offers an alternate attacking threat to Big Ross and he showed some real bright spots, but didn't quite manage to get a goal on his return. But it's great to, great to have him back. Although I was I was interested to see 
Defoe drop out altogether, but I did hear he might have a little bit of a twanged hammy or something. Yeah, which is so, for a man who's nearly forty, I suppose, isn't it? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so so that's what I heard as well because I was quite surprised. I think the word is around Twitter that he's got a little bit of a hamstring niggle and should be back next week. But yeah, Broadhead coming back in, it was certainly a boost for us. And I don't know if it's a combination of us playing well and Charlton not being up to much, but it certainly seemed to give us a bit more of a threat without necessarily us putting the ball in the back of the net, as we'll get to now. So the game itself was very bright. I thought we controlled the ball throughout that first half. We had a few chances, you know, Stuart had a couple of headers. There was a couple of kind of half chances that flashed wide. Charlton didn't really offer anything by way of a, a response. And that's all really I can say about that first, about the first half. It was one of those, it was always nearly, Mark, wasn't it? It was, it was always nearly there, nearly there. On another day, well, that first half performance was earlier on in the season. It was probably going to be one that, that we would have gone into at halftime, one or two nil up and Stuart getting a couple of goals. Yeah, I agree. I mean, on, on another day, we could have had a couple of goals in the first half. It's almost a little bit frustrating with big Ross Stewart because I can't help thinking if he'd have just put his head through one of them couple of headers he had in the first half and put it on target, he probably would have scored because it was so close in. But with both of the ones that he put, just he just feathered them just the wrong side of the post. He's trying to guide it right into the corner, you know. Can't criticise the lad, he's he's had a cracking season. But yeah, it looked like we were at home in the first half, simple as that. The control was there. The defence, I think, I didn't see the Wigan game because I was away, but the defence looks absolutely 200% stronger than it was four or five weeks ago. There's confidence, there's communication. So yeah, first half we were unlucky not to go in without at least a goal. Gooch had a couple of good efforts. Um, Matetti was playing balls through to Broadhead and putting him through. And and Charlton were panicking. That was the thing that I got out the first half. They were just hoofing it out. Whenever we started attacking, you know, they were heading it behind for unnecessary corners. They were hoofing it out for throw-ins in the last quarter. But we just, apart from Pritchard's kind of shot that was tipped over the bar, I don't think we really had much on target, uh, which was disappointing because we had the we had the lion's share of possession and the chances. Yeah, it was it was disappointing to go in nil nil. But at that point, I thought we keep this up second half and the three points are you know are going to be in the bag. I thought, like I say, we completely dominated that half. And as I said, Stuart. I think should have done better with at least one of those headers. There was one that he kind of headed. It was a pretty much a free header from one of those, as Danny Collins says, bus stop corners. And yeah, I think he should have done better with it, headed it straight back at the keeper. Um, but yeah, nil nil at half time, and the, and the first ten minutes of the second half, I thought was was absolutely superb. I think that first ten fifteen minutes of the second half, I think was the best period of the match for us. We had Broadhead flushed with a chance. Dennis Serkin had one where kind of it was a shot come cross. And I don't think anyone's really sure what he was trying to do with it, but, you know, he should have just leathered it. He had it across the keeper and it looked like he was trying to square it across. But some really, really good chances. I think the thing that impressed me the most and has impressed me most of the last couple of weeks is that little triangle that you've got of Pritchard, Matete and Evans seems to be clicking now, or at least in the last, it's early days, but those in these last couple of games, some of their football that they've been playing around just in between each other, those inter-passes with each other, has been absolutely fantastic, like little one, two-touch passes. And George Dobson got nowhere near any of them today. And those of you who listened to the preview pod with the Charlton group have George Dobson down as their player of the season. He couldn't get anywhere near Pritchard and, and Matete, and he gave away a couple of fouls to that effect. 
But yeah, he got a yellow it's... card, didn't he? He got a yellow card in about the seventy something minute because he just went straight through Clark, didn't he? And yeah, it took about ten minutes for the ref to stop play, but then he went back and gave him a yellow, which yeah. was fully deserved, well deserved as well. Um, yeah. I think he, there was a couple of challenges that he was lucky not to pick up a yellow card as well. And his biggest contribution to the game was putting Alex Pritchard out of action. It looked quite nasty when Mount, didn't it? Yeah, I mean. It's... I don't know if it's wholly true that old Dobby, the house elf, put him out because you know it, it was it was one of them things where I think it was more about Pritchard coming down awkwardly after kind of jumping for the ball and trying to get control of it. But yeah, that's that's a terrible situation for the team. If anybody talks to me as a Sunderland fan about our squad and they've watched a few games ignoring kind of January and February because they were just Ross. They all say, you know, Ross Stewart is probably the best striker in the league and Alex Pritchard shouldn't even be in the league. So not to have him for the upcoming games is is going to be a real challenge. That said, before he came through, you know, and in the early part of the season, uh, when he was still building up his fitness, we had some good performances. So hopefully we've got the depth in the squad uh, to carry on without him. But it's it's a big knock for for the mm. whole squad, absolutely, you know, and hopefully, you know, it was precautionary. We'll have to see how he how he uh, how he comes out in the news about what's happened to him. Yeah, fingers crossed, it's precautionary. But it, I say it didn't look it didn't look great, you know, as he's leaving the pitch, his, his boot was off, and he ended up being carried off by uh, the coaching staff. It was his ankle last time as well, wasn't it? It so was. That's that's yeah. the thing. I don't know if it's the same ankle. I don't pay enough attention to the injury detail no. to know. But yeah, it was his right foot. I think that he was he was carried off with without a boot on. So um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Fingers but crossed. It might be an opportunity, right? It might be an opportunity for other people in the middle of the park in the pocket uh, for Clark and Roberts to step up. The Jacques who can come back in the squad. Um, mm. So it, it it it's not the end of the world, but it's a big knock for for the team. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's potentially a massive blow. Hopefully, it's like I say, hopefully it's precautionary, and because that's something that he's injured before, they were just kind of wrapping him in extra cotton wool by carrying him off the pitch, etc. But it looks like it's probably going to be a spell in this on the sidelines. Whatever length that might be remains to be seen, but it does look like it'll be um, at least a couple of games he's, he's he potentially will miss. the The rest of the second half kind of carried on as the first ended without us scoring having controlled and, and bossed the game. There was a few more chances, so Ross Stewart had another chance with about 10 minutes to go, which you know he struck quite well. Embleton had a big chance as well with a couple of minutes to go, which, again, he struck well. And it, it, for me, I've, I said it earlier on, it, it's one of those that earlier on in the season, when we're playing well and we're confident, we win that game 3 or 4 nil, uh, mm. And we, we, we sit here and we say, well, what a performance, what a win. You know, that's the sort of things that we should be doing to teams who are struggling if we've got aspirations of getting out of this league. And today the performance was there, but, you know, the goals weren't. And ultimately goals win you football matches. So, yeah, it finished nil-nil. I mean, Charlton had one half-decent chance, didn't they? There was a header quite near the end. I think it was a header. or There was a shot at the back post that kind of just went over the bar. Yeah, it was a shot, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and they had a, a little flurry in that five minutes of, of added time where it would have been typical Sunderland fashion for us to have conceded because they there was a couple of times where they, they got at us a little bit. More often than not, as you said earlier, they were just interested in running that clock down and getting their first point in six or seven games, however much it was. I don't think they really, really threatened. I think a clean sheet was always on the cards unless we made a, a big mistake and it was just whether or not we could put it away at the other end. And unfortunately... 
Unfortunately, we didn't. Yeah, the only one you've missed for me, Bomber, was Winchester. He, he they came out the edge of the box and he, he hit a really good shot ah, across yeah. the goalie about 55, 60 minutes in. And another day it would have been a tapping, right? But when, when it's not running for you and you mm-hmm. haven't got the rub of the green, did squirt had just passed Clark, just squirted past his left foot. So it was one of them days where it's a compliment to the lads that the defensive proposal that we've put in place is working, you know, another mm-hmm. good 90 minutes for Arben and Jumajli, looking yeah. pretty solid at the back. I thought Sirkin looked strong when in that two months where we dipped, at times he just looked lost. Matetti had another really good game. Yeah. Oh, I think have to be careful. For a change. But Matetti looked good in the middle, Winchester looked strong. I thought Charlton were just a bit dirty today, and that's disappointing for Charlton. You know, in the past they've been a good football inside. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know on Gav's pod he was talking to that lady from the Charlton fan outfit about, you know, the 98 playoff final being one of the best games ever. When you look at how good we can play against each other at decent football and then you look at how they were today. If I was a Charlton fan, I'd be a wee bit embarrassed because that was, that was just dross. Um, yeah. We could have we been punished in the finishing minutes when that lad was kind of free at the back post and just lashed it wide. And I'm pleased we didn't because that would have been... A proper kidney punch, but um, yeah. but yeah, a point to point over the last two games, as we were saying before we went on air, two points a game has been resumed over the last two games. <laughs> yeah, at we're least. Back. yeah, back, <laughs> yeah we're back, back on the track that Lee Johnson been. wanted a few me- a few months ago. But yeah, yeah, some positivity to to grab hold of. But shame we didn't get the extra couple of points. Yeah, there definitely is some shoots of positivity that we can that we can grab onto there. We, we can spin it, and it is undefeated in two. And at the start of a, a run where you say, right, okay, in a week you're going to play Wigan and Charlton, and someone had said you pick four points up and not lose either of those games, given and two clean sheets. Yeah, given what's gone on before, we'd we'd snap their hand off. So yeah, absolutely. Um, all in all, not not too bad, and a, and a good performance, and hopefully that just breeds um, a bit more confidence as well, because we did seem to be brimming with confidence in everything but our our finishing. But unfortunately, you know that result has, is two points dropped. And if you look down today's results, the three or four teams directly below us have all won, with exception to uh, Sheffield Wednesday. The other teams in and around the playoffs with us have all won. You know, Rotherham probably are well out of touch with us, so could have done us a favour by beating MK Dons. But MK Dons have have had a hell of a result with 10 players to beat them 2-1. So, yeah, so it, it is really two points dropped on some of our promotion rivals. And all of a sudden... You know, Plymouth are a point behind us with with two games in hand. Ipswich are four points behind us, but have played the same number of games. Portsmouth are six behind us with two games in hand. This season, really, anything anything from Oxford in fourth all the way down to, you know, Portsmouth in tenth. Any three of those could go and make the playoffs with with MK Dons. It's going to be a tough run, and we've got ten games to go. Uh, if we have to have any of them without Alex Pritchard, it's going to be even tougher. But we need those le- those sorts of performances and those sorts of, of commitment and confidence right the way through to the season. Because if it is going to be a playoff run, we need to be flying at the point at which we go into those playoffs, don't we? Yeah, we we do. Yeah, and and I caught up with a couple of the lads as podcasts this morning while I was um, you know just pottering around the house and stuff like that. And I I think it was um, it, it was the chat that Gav had with Tom White after the the Wigan win, where there was conversations uh, with our mate Phil as well. You know, as we go into the playoffs, we need to have form. We need to have confidence. So it would have been great to win today, but we didn't lose. And we were away from home and we looked like we should have been at home. We had more chances. 
yeah, we didn't put them away, but it's about hanging into them playoff places now, getting some confidence and some momentum, which we are getting since the change of manager and a couple of really crappy results. So, yeah, we've got a two or three home games coming up now, I think, as well, which we mm, have absolutely yeah, got to... Yeah, we, we've absolutely got to harvest points from them. The old adage, if you win at home and draw most of your games away, you're going to go up. We need to now use that to make sure mm. we lock ourselves into a playoff spot. So still options and, and reasons for optimism. But yeah, it's going to be tight. But it's good to see Rotherham wobble, though, uh, with that MK Dons game. You know, Not that I think we've got any chance of catching up with the top two. No, no, I don't, I don't think so now. So so yeah, in, in summary, it's a, it's a good performance. It's a disappointing result. A lot to build on and some confidence to, to take into this last run of 10 games um, and hopefully into the, into the playoffs as well. The guys will be back tomorrow doing a bit more of an in-depth analysis and what for these next 10 games, what we need from it. And they'll probably look a bit deeper into what's happening with Alex Pritchard, etc. But yeah, we'll be back shortly. Cheers for now. Cheers, guys. Where am I going? I don't know. Where am I heading? I'm searching all and always I am on my way. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.